no time, but I knew the Lord was speaking to me about January, this upcoming January. Um, he was laying on my heart to call for a corporate fast, actually various versions of a fast all and, and or all at once. Um, you probably know if you've been here at all, some of you have been with us for years, we don't call for a lot of fasts. We don't, we do, some of us, we all believe in fasting and we do it from time to time as we live, but it's not like a big part of our culture. Um, so I take it serious when I say that I feel like God's inviting all of us into this fast in January. Um, he put it on my heart, my heart personally, this is something I've done in the past with him, is that we're going, I'm going to do a, a when they say fast, what they mean, um, they mean don't eat food, like no food, you just drink water, no juice, it's just food. No food, just water. That's what they mean by fasting when you read, when you see that. So God called, was calling me to just fast, like nothing but water for a couple days, several days, whatever uh, the Lord is leading me into. And then because I, uh, you know, we do manual labor, a lot of us, and, and um, we have family obligations, we have things. I'm going to go as long as I can with just the water. And um, But then the Lord had put on my heart, that, not to kill myself, but to do something he showed me years ago, which is then switch to like a version of Daniel fast. Daniel fasts, we're going to read the scriptures in a little bit. That would be what they call, like, you just eat vegetables and water, uh, which is a very simple diet. You're not, it's not because you're a vegetarian, it's just because you're, you're, you're um, sacrificing all the other things of, the, of, the, um, of our beautiful diet that we have, like steaks and stuff. And then, uh, but I've done it in the past with just nuts and berries, like goji berries. You want to get the good stuff. You get goji berries and pumpkin seeds and stuff like that. But I can live for uh, indefinitely on nuts and berries. And the idea being, which we're going to discuss in a minute, was that we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna do, you know, food fast. We're just just water, and then maybe roll into like a form of Daniel fasting to survive the rest of the month. And but there also this is a real big emphasis from the Lord that there's going to be a media fast, all social media, all media, all TV, YouTube. Um, some of you have to use media for your work. You know that's between you and the Lord. Use your media for your work. But then it's all about the ex auxiliary media that we consume hours and hours and hours a day. It's not just about buying time, freeing up time for the Lord. It's more about um, focus. It's about um, it's really hard for you to hear the still, quiet voice when there's this loud, constant auto-replay in your head of all the entertainment you've been absorbing. Um, it's just your brain's going to default to the easiest thing to focus on, and that is media. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a, it's not necessarily to say we can never watch it again. It's to say God is asking, is inviting us to fast from it from one month as a reset, as a way to kind of reset our minds, our bodies, our focus, our diets is he can reset all of these things um, by engaging in it. Now, we can't uh, necessarily fast for the rest of our lives. At least it doesn't appear that we can. But we can do anything in short periods of time with the, as the Lord graces us to do it. Amen? Amen. So we're going to get into um, the fasting. That's just what the Lord had called us into. So I'm just going to spend a little bit of time today, and I'm going to have to abbreviate everything because we only have 20 minutes-ish. Um, I guess we could go over one time, but um, we're going to get into the fasting, the legitimacy of it, what that was and what that accomplished in the Bible, because maybe you don't know what you're shooting for. What we absolutely are not shooting for is a hunger strike. Many people promote fasting or teach fasting as an idea, and the way they present it is something along the lines of, we believe that God wants to stop, break the poverty in our area, so we're going to all fast until that's done. You're not hunger striking God. Like It's not like... A, you know, we're going to sit here and not eat until the Chinese government quits attacking 
you know, the Buddhist. You know, it's it's you're not hunger striking. It's something completely different. God is good. It's not a question of getting him to move because we refuse to eat. It's getting him in us by not eating, right? And so, uh, so what, that's just what it's not. And now from this point forward, we'll just talk about what it is. But it's definitely not hunger striking God. That mindset has to be done away with because that can only survive in a mindset where God is weirding me. Yeah. But God is all good. And we just have to get in alignment with that. And today we're going to briefly, rapidly get to how fasting could do that. Amen? I put this verse up here, which seems like it has nothing to do with fasting. But in, 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 in this particular verse, this is very important for what we're talking about. The verse before this, he says, From uh, sure I tell you that of those humans, of those born of women, there is none greater on earth that's ever lived than John the Baptist. That's high praise from our King Jesus, yes? And then he says, But I tell you that of the least of those who enter into the kingdom, is greater than John the Baptist, who is the prophet that's closing out the old covenant by proclaiming this new day of the kingdom on earth, the kingdom is at hand, the kingdom that you could press into. He's proclaiming this kingdom now ideology, and he's closing out the old day. He's the greatest of the old day, but the least of those who get into this kingdom on earth is greater than the best. You see what I'm saying? And then he gives us this line that should rock all of your Western uh, doctrine. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Yeah? Now, suffers violence could be also translated as uh, pressed in or crowded into, but if you re dig into the roots of that word, beatzo, um, it has an aggressive tense. It's not just like pleasantly walking into them all together. It's violently pressing into something, and it appears by the context of this, the violent take it by force, that it's, it's, it's force or not in. Yeah? Now, I know the Western theology doctrine says that, you know, oh, there's, you know, if you just believe this idea, and you can, you know, you can fail the rest of your life on this earth as long as you believe this idea and continually ask for the forgiveness of that failure, that idea, that you'll be in the kingdom. But Jesus said, the violent take it by force. Yeah. yeah? So maybe there's a little more to this. All of the constant imitations and warnings from Jesus of like, there's this broad path of destruction that many people are going to be on and think they're great and going good. They're going to destruction. And there's this narrow path that's hard to find and hard to be on at times. And it's not always easy. And at times will cost you something, mainly your comfort. And it'll get you into this narrow gate that gets you through this wall. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent will take it by force. So maybe there's something more required of us than just being comfortable with our ideas. Okay? So with that being said, we get into fasting, the most uncomfortable of our ideas. Yeah? What's the point of fasting? We talk about the body, soul, and spirit divide. We've been talking about it a lot recently. You all get the idea. Here's my best um, breakdown of what fasting is ultimately doing. You fast from food and media in this January fast that we're calling. Food and media will shut down two of the three parts. Your body will effectively die, but you're living because guess what? We don't live just by food alone. We live by the word of God. Now, if you don't believe that, get your heart right with Jesus. 
It's written in the it's written in Deuteronomy for everybody to live by. Jesus lived by it in the desert when he fasted for 40 days. Everybody lives by this idea. Jesus at the well, they go, oh, he must be hungry. Like, no, I have food you don't know about. I do the will of God. You know, there's this idea that we ultimately can live on the word of God, not just food. But there's a part of us that has to that needs to get out of the way, and fasting is the fastest way to get out of the way. Now, as we've promoted before, big part of day spring is Living with health in mind, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, healthy choices, healthy uh, being active. Why is that? Well, if fasting can get it out of the way quick, a healthy body stays out of the way better. Yeah, it's very distracting to have a lot going wrong, especially when it's self-induced. Yeah. So get your get your diet straight after this. But for now, we're just going to kill it by not feeding it. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, kill it. The soul. The soul is easily distracted, easily misled, easily you know easily lost in media, never never land. Yeah, lots of low hanging fruit to just keep your little mind going. It's really hard to get lost. Um, that might sound weird to say that it's it's he won't compete with that low-hanging fruit. But uh, when Elijah was in the cave, it was a, a earthquake, fire, wind, and tornadoes, and hurricane, all this stuff trying to distract him. And he said, no, that's not God. And it's this still whisper of a quiet voice to go, that's God. So somehow you have to figure out how to live in the midst of a horrific storm, but yet still only tune in to the still quiet voice. And sometimes, first things first, you have to only hear the still, quiet voice. So cut off the storm that is media. Right? Does this make sense? Yeah. This spirit part of you we've been discussing came from God. It's here to lead you, guide you, direct you, get you back to Him. It's going home with or without you. Its only hope is that it transforms your soul in the process. That part, you're not going to kill it. You're going to feed it the Word of God. Starve the body, starve the soul, feed the spirit and it becomes a loud, awakened thing. It's not dead in you. It's just overpowered sometimes by your body screaming for help, saying, stop poisoning me, or your, your soul thinking about all the constant distractions and worries and cares and guilt. Shut those things down. Awaken the thing that's supposed to be getting you back home. This is what fasting effectively does if you do it right. As Josh said, we're not losing weight. That's not going to work. But it does kind of work if you don't eat, but... That's not the purpose. You will lose drive if that's your purpose. Yeah, we're here to get close to God. We're here to be um, to to enter into this kingdom, and it's not going to necessarily be comfortable. The violent will take it by force. Yes. So, real, real quick. This is why we know we have to fast. The disciples of John the Baptist came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom, that being him, mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Question? No, they can. They, there's no reason to. He's standing there with them. They don't need to fast to find him. He's with them. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. From Acts on, the apostles, the disciples, everybody fast after that, scripturally speaking. Yeah? He goes on with this parable, two parables. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, and the patch pulls away and, makes the gar and tears the garment. The tear is worse. 17. Nor do they put new wine in an old wineskin, or else the new wineskins, the, the wineskins break. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. 
but they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, if we have time, we're going to unpack this a little bit later, but at a bare minimum, you should take into account that after he said we, they will be fasting, he gave them two parables, and both of which indicate that there's a process in which things can be renewed and made new, but there's a process in which if it's done poorly, it will make it worse. At a bare minimum, even if you're completely veiled in all of your understanding of Jesus' parables, at a minimum, he tacked two things that are about making it worse or better after fasting. Yeah? yeah. Maybe we come back to that a little bit, but we'll move on. Matthew 17. There's a story where uh, the, this man has a son who's demon-possessed, who has what appears to be epileptic seizures, falling down, convulsing, throws him into fire sometimes, falls into water, tries to drown him sometimes. It's crazy. He goes to the disciples. The disciples cannot cast this demon out. He brings them to Jesus. Novel idea. If the man of God you know can't get it done, maybe you should go straight to Jesus. Great principle there, right? Yeah. Jesus then casts out the demon. And then the disciples, as we pick up here, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why? Could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and from here to there, and it will be, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Many people built ideas and doctrines around, he, he switched to the topic of demon again. That this kind of demon would only go out through prayer and fasting. And in that scenario, um, you have to discern which ones can only be cast out by your, what? Hunger strike. You refuse to eat until God does something on you want him to do. See, the hunger strike idea is back. But he did, I don't think he switched subjects. I think he kept the subject he started with because of your unbelief. Right? So prayer and fasting is supposed to bring us close to God. It would naturally fix an unbelief problem. Now we're talking about, we're not talking about dudes who don't believe in Jesus. We're talking about dudes who already cast out demons, healed the sick. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, these dudes are, they're blown away at what they can do. Like it's, they have so much faith, they're setting the world on fire. But there's one instance of, there's still, you can do all that and still have measures of unbelief that you could draw closer yeah. in. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Good teaching. Real quick, skipping to Acts, Cornelius. Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour, and the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood by me in the bright clothing, and he said, your prayers have been heard, your alms have been remembered in the sight of God. When's the last time an angel showed up at your prayer meeting and said, yeah, God actually heard you that time? Now, what's the indication? The indication is, through almost a bunch of scriptures, we're going to have to skip for time purposes, but you can pray in a manner that doesn't even make it into the throne room because it's not God's heart at all. That's one thing, one problem. There's this other problem. There's this word in, in, the, in the older language called supplication that we don't use anymore. That's the continual crying out yes. to God for what's on your heart. It's a, I'm not going to give up. There's yes. a, there's a, you, your prayers have to be aligned with the heart of God, and you can't give up because you didn't get immediate results. You press in. Some of the greatest miracle workers in the history of humanity, like Smith Wigglesworth, people, don't, people overlook his secret to success. He never gave up. Yeah. If he thought a child was going to be healed and he prayed for it and doesn't get healed, he didn't write a new doctrine and say they must have hidden sin. He stayed for days until that child came back to life. That's a different ideology than we currently possess. But there's this idea that Cornelius, this man who's not the chosen people, yeah, he doesn't even have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he's not speaking in tongues. He's just praying a righteous prayer that he won't 
quit and he's crying out continually and fasting. That's how he got this righteous prayer. He's, yes. He shut himself down and tapped into what God had already put in there. And he cried out a prayer that could be heard from the heavens. And then God sent an angel to start lining up, ordering the universe as we talk about. Yes? You know the rest of the story. I'm sure you do. If you don't, you can pretend like you do and go read it. Yeah, there's a bunch of verses. They, uh, Lord, they, they, as they were ministering to the Lord in fasting, um, there's just, I'm going to skip some of these because we're running out of time. They prayed in fasting. There's, 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 a, there's actually a bunch of them. Prayer and fasting go hand in hand. Now, not all prayer is done through fasting. It doesn't have to be. But the ones that make it in this book are often combined with fasting because they're the ones that moved mountains. Now, I'm not saying that we can only move, we can only have prayers answered when we fast. You've all seen us pray for things, not while we're fasting, and it happens, right? But it's a lifestyle where you're constantly uprooting unbelief. It's an ideology that we don't need to keep ourselves soaked in the in the delicacies of the of the Babylon. We need to keep ourselves hunger and thirst, hungry and thirsting for righteousness, and know that we'll be filled. Yes. Amen. All right. Jesus himself, when he was beginning his ministry, first things first, he goes into the desert and fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. Just in case you're wondering how long humans can go, that's a good standard to go by. 40 days and 40 nights. He's out there not eating, talking to God. And it says after 40 days that he's hungry. After 40 days he's hungry. He was living on the word of God. I guess for 40 straight days. That's awesome. But here's what I wanted to talk about today. Then it says, then the devil, uh, well, first, the devil came and tempted him. It says, then the devil left him. Behold, the angels came and ministered to him. I wanted to throw this one up here real quick just to say we're not getting into the kingdom by being comfortable. We're getting there by violently taking it by force. And sometimes in this, I'm going to kill myself to get closer to, to get the right part of me closer to Jesus. You might have to face your devil first. There might be some things that are just haunting you under the surface. And it comes to the surface when you're weak. But out of your weakness, he will be made strong. Sometimes you just have to face the thing that's been haunting you and believe that God is that good to crush it. To deal with it once and for all. So that it, guess what? The devil fleed from him. It fled from him. And then the angel of the Lord came and ministered to him. I'm not going to say you have to face your demons every time you go to God. But you do have to face them sooner or later. Amen? It's a fight worth taking. It's a scar worth getting if you have to get a scar. When you think about going to battle and fighting a war for a kingdom on earth, you want to stand next to a guy that's got milky, smooth skin like it's never been outside, or you want to stand next to the guy that you can't see it no more because of the scars, but he looks like it doesn't bother him because he got somewhere by fighting those battles. I don't promote an idea where we have to be wounded and beaten and scarred like the old intercessors taught. That's ridiculous. God's good, and he's good at rejuvenating us, and he's good at making us new. But the point is, just from an imagery standpoint, you have to embrace the discomfort of taking a kingdom violently by force. Yeah, we can believe in the idea that it's here and now and we could get in it, but that ain't the ticket to get in. 
The ticket to get in is violently taking righteousness by force. The ticket to get it in is saying, I heard that you can't go in unless you're forgiven. You can't be forgiven unless you forgive. That hurts a little bit sometimes to forgive everybody who's wronged you. I've heard that you have to be merciful if you want to receive mercy. You know all the teachings. There's a sacrifice and a cost and a pain that you sometimes have to endure as a human. It's painful to forgive those who have hurt you. But Jesus only demands that we go through that pain because he has something better for you. To be free from that. Amen? Yes, this is good. It's getting, we're getting there. Okay, real quick, this is where Daniel comes from. Please test your servants ten days. These boys were taken captive by the Babylons. They were gonna, they were chosen to be wise men in the wrong kingdom. As Adam pointed out to me the other day, most brilliantly, what a that is a very, very high calling from God to be an advisor to a wicked kingdom on his behalf. Yeah, pretty neat. But these young men were taken into the kings. They were going to be raised like the king's men and fed the king's food and the delicacies. And they said, this isn't going to work for us because it doesn't let us do what God made us to do, which is be close to God. And so they convinced them to give them only what they were taught to eat or, or taught to be right with God, not to eat the pork and all that stuff. And, they, and then after 10 days, they were healthier, stronger, and wiser in every way, shape, and form. The whole story is there to read it yourself. It's the book of Daniel. Right? This is where we get the idea of the Daniel fast, not the true sense of fasting. This is why we're why I can I can uh, fast as long as I can on water and then with no shame in my game, switch to nuts and berries and still feel good about myself. Because I know the secret. I can eat enough nuts and berries to stay alive and keep working, but not enough to keep my body going again to where I'm where my spirit isn't alive and well and controlling this the, the, the boat like it's supposed to. Amen. That's where the media fast comes in. That's where the, um, you know, it, so a lot of people, media fasting isn't really fasting. But for the sake of what we're doing, best thing to call it, fasting. Cut it off. We don't need it. You don't have to have food to live. You can live by the word of God. You certainly don't need TV to live. I'm not saying it's evil. Just saying it's distracting. One month. Can we give him one month? No shame. If you mess up, don't give up. Start over. Let's do it. Amen? We focus. We move forward. We get this body, soul, and spirit thing in the proper alignment. And we, and, and, and we want to we just, we want to get calibrated with what it would feel like to be led by the spirit. To be led by our spirit man. To shut down, as Paul said, our flesh man. Shut it down. Get calibrated to what that feels like and looks like. Back to the parable. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else wineskins break and wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put in new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. This is a really fun parable, and it can go lots of different ways, all of which are good and powerful and strong. But for today, I just pick one. Years ago, when I read this parable, my first very business-minded thought was, this seems like a very costly way to store wine. That you constantly have to make a new wine skin. Like I know how hard it is to skin animals and all that stuff. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And so like, you have to make a new one of those every time they make a bottle of wine for a group of people who drink wine constantly and everything they ever do. Like that's a lot. I'm just thinking of the logistics of making that many wine skins. And then I just had the idea, well, maybe they were as good as business as we they should have been. And maybe there's a method 
to make old wineskins new. And I looked into it, and guess what you have to do to take an old wineskin, which is really more of a figure of speech, a dried wineskin, and make it new again. First, they soak it in water, like baptism or the living water, and then they rub it with oil, like the anointing oil. All that's to say is just because you're old and, and maybe you feel a little dried up in the Lord doesn't mean you can't get the new wine. Yeah. It just means you have to be submerged in the living water and you have to seek for the anointing of God. Yeah. He doesn't create a system of failure. He creates a system of newness, a system of redemption. He is the redeemer. This is a redemption story. You're not an old wineskin that's going to bust if you get the new wine. You just have to continually ask God to keep you new. There is nothing, honestly, the only thing worse than never finding God in a real way is finding them and then waking up one day and recognizing that you're not with him like you once were. That is the most, that is the most nagging feeling you're ever going to get. But luckily... He doesn't create a more complicated system. It's the same system. Wash, rinse, repeat. Shut down the body. Shut down the soul. Let your spirit take over again. Be so hunger, hungry for him that you don't even want to end the fast. You want to be with him. You don't want to jump back to your old ways. You want to be with God, to know God, because you refuse to live another day on this earth not violently taking a kingdom by force. We can preach the kingdom now, ideas and doctrines, till the cows come home. But until the world sees a group of people who will violently take it by force, it's never going to be a reality for most religion. Amen? Amen. So, that being said, today is January 1st, right? It is the new year. Do the fasting however you want to do the fasting. Do it as long as you want to do it. Only do it if you want to do it. Do it if you feel like you're led to do it. Do the Daniel fast, do the water fast, do the media fast, all, all three, whatever you want to do. Let the Lord lead you, inspire you. If, you don't, if you've already eaten today, don't sweat it. We can all eat today. We can start tomorrow. I believe somebody asked recently, does God care that much about the New Year calendar switch? And I said, I don't think he does, but I think he knows we do. So we do good with fresh starts. So that being said... Pray to the Lord. Ask him, what would he have you do? I know that he had, He told me to invite the whole congregation into this, so I know it could be for you. Ask the Lord to set the tone for you in this, and then ask for grace to live it out. Whether we start today or tomorrow, it doesn't matter to me. That's between you and the Lord. We will probably, I know, several of the guys that, I, that I, are going to do it. Um, so at a minimum, we'll just... We'll start a special messenger thread, which is like, a, we're very messenger thread rich here, you know, but we'll start a messenger thread for those dying for Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And we'll discuss what the Lord is doing in our hearts with the word, and we'll make sure that we stay on track with feeding the spirit, with starving the soul and the body. It's going to be awful and good all at the same time. One of the old ways of them proclaiming that Jesus would come one day, they say it would be the great and terrible day of the Lord. There's parts of you that never want to see that guy coming. There's parts of you that only want to see him coming. And we're just trying to fix that priority issue. Amen? So, fellowship meal following the sermon. But, maybe we start tomorrow.
tomorrow. You know, tomorrow. Don't worry, like, like they said in the going with them. Don't worry about that tomorrow. <laughs> Love you guys. Let's get the kids. Let's have fun. It's a new year. That was one of the. That was just a just an awesome time of worship. Yeah. I'm pumped. I truly mean it. I'm not kidding. I don't just say that stuff. Like a lot of preachers stand up and the worship's going good. I'm like, I hate to mess this up. They're like, well, why are you doing it? I literally only did it because we have a deal where we don't play fast and last. I would have let it go on all day. God is good and he deserves our praise. Amen. So Jesus, we just ask you right now, inspire our hearts. Let us dare to dream of how far we could suffer and die and in ourselves to draw closer to you in the spirit, Lord Jesus. Let 2023 be the new year of closeness, of intimacy, of focus, Lord Jesus. Let us not be a distracted and divided people for the rest of our lives. Let this be the line in the sand where we are singularly focused. It says that in, in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came on the earth and you filled their hearts with your spirit, your power, your prophecy, your tongues, and more importantly, your love of one another, that it says that they went from house to house, breaking bread, studying the apostles' doctrine, and, and eating and living with wild joy and singular focus. Jesus, if we're ever going to have the wild joy we also desperately desire, teach us to be singularly focused on you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day, for this era we live in, for the freedom we're born into and the freedom we live in. And let us steward our families, our children, this church family, the call of God that you've given all of us, Lord Jesus. Lord, in the midst of this fast, in the midst of this journey towards you, give us grace and strength when it's time to face our devils. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that not only do we have grace to endure it, but we have the grace to stand with you as you end that war once and for all. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.